Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. I am the producer, Jason Lewis. I would like to thank you for tuning in to the From the Shadows podcast. And without further ado, here is your host, Shane Grove. Hey, welcome everybody to the From the Shadows podcast. I am your host, Shane Grove. And joining me tonight is Grandpa Jason, I mean, Super Producer Jason. Hey. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. You're hanging in there. Uh, we have uh, the judge is joining us tonight. Good evening, all. Uh, we have somebody named Ala, uh, Ali, uh, Alisa. Alisa, how's it going tonight, Alisa? Everything's good. <laughs> uh, and we're and if everybody kind of wonders why we're seemingly punch drunk, it's because it's taken almost a half hour to get everybody on the line, along with our very special guest tonight, Bigfoot researcher extraordinaire. Amy Boo. Amy Boo, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you guys? I think I think very we're good. all just very good. Yeah, everybody's here. My mom said hi, by the way, Amy. Oh, hello. <laughs> you guys you guys aren't gonna make kissing sounds again like you did the first one. <laughs> I can't make no promises. Oh, <laughs> uh, so so for those who do not know Amy, um I learned of Amy from our good friends at the Paranormal Road podcast. And uh, every time I tuned in, there's always this Amy Boo character telling some Bigfoot story. And so then, I mean, people that follow us know uh, we've been on a couple of us. Okay, who's running water? Me. <laughs> okay, you can't. Okay, judge. Okay, judge. It's not the judge this time. Hey, uh, hey, Alyssa, Elisa, if you haven't figured out we're live, on, we're on the air. And anything you do is getting yeah, recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
So if anybody's got to use the restroom, please don't take your phone into the restroom. Um, so anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I kept hearing Amy tell these fantastic Bigfoot stories on the Paranormal Road podcast, and we have been guests on the Paranormal Road podcast. They've been on ours, and and uh, David's like, man, you got to have Amy on. She's 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 great. She tells some great stories. She's got a lot of experience. Your people will love her. And so here you are, much probably now begrudgingly after you've uh, got pulled into our three-ring circus that we call. No, this is fun. This is fun. I just don't want to disappoint anyone. So, so Amy, tell us a little bit about yourself and what makes you a Bigfoot researcher extraordinaire. And I'm throwing extraordinary in there. I don't want anybody to think that you're self-proclaimed an extraordinary. Right, because definitely not. Okay. Um, in fact, I always say I'm like the worst Bigfoot researcher ever. So. You know. Well, that's the end of the interview, folks. And uh, <laughs> well, because I'll tell you a little bit of my background, but mostly because I go out a lot. I travel around, I do a lot of stuff in Ohio and Pennsylvania, but nothing usually happens. So sometimes you talk to people who are into Bigfoot, and every time they go out, they see one or hear one or one throws something at them or whatever, and that does not happen to me. So, you know, but I'm not going to make anything up. But I've had some cool stuff happen, and I got into this in 2012 when I saw something along Meander Reservoir in Mahoning County, Ohio. And I say something because it was about 100 yards away. So I, I'm not even sure what it was. But what it looked like was what I would have thought Bigfoot looked like. And I wasn't into it. I'm a teacher. Never never was out looking for Bigfoot. And um, since then, it's become kind of a crazy fascination for me. Um I guess my background with it, I I did some things on my own for a while. I was asked to join the BFRO, the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, was in that for a few years, um, parted ways with them, was not kicked out, as some rumors say. I left on my own accord. <laughs> There's a whole story there. And then, um, I mean, was it? Now, I, wait a second. Now, did no. <laughs> Is it a better story that you got kicked out? Like, did you go down swinging? Or, or what? Oh, I didn't get kicked out. I left. I <laughs> left. Now, now, before we just keep keep going, we'll, you know, we have the, we have a little connection with the with the big, you know, with that Bigfoot organization. Um, the judge. And let me let me say let me say there are wonderful researchers in it. It's not it. It was nothing to do with the BFRO itself. I think what uh, what Grover's trying to say is that uh, I went to law school with Matt Moneymaker. Oh, okay. At at Akron University, Matt and I uh, were there at the same time. Well, that's cool. No, I, 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 it was nothing with Matt. Oh, yes, it was. Go ahead. Yes. Towards the end, maybe a little, but it wasn't mostly him it was it was it was some differences of opinion in our local group we'll just say that and i i normally don't say anything about it but i'm kind of tired of being ms nice guy a little bit Alyssa, Alyssa, 
can understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, I understand. But well, I know she so. she's not very nice, so I don't know. Oh, shut up! Really <laughs> nice. No, she's really nice. No, she understands a little bit more of my problems, but anyway. Yeah. So, so I I decided my my time, you know, was up there, and um, I was just going to be on my own. But I think Alyssa, I think it was like within like half of a day, like 12 hours or something, I was asked to join the Olympic project, which is something my own um, project do book. We've worked hand in hand quite a bit. So I was very happy to join with that group. So I don't know if that tells you anything you want to know, but there it is. Well, I do, I do want to ask. <clears throat> okay. So we've had, we've talked to quite a few um, well-known people in the Bigfoot community um, mm -hmm. And it always comes back. Well, why is everybody so like? Why is there such big differences of of opinion? Why do you know? What's the big deal? Isn't everybody trying to accomplish the same thing? I would think that you mean like differences of opinion on what Bigfoot is or what to do. Well, like like why would there why would there be any reason for anybody to have animosity towards somebody else that's trying to um, you know go out and investigate oh. and well, because there are some people, let me just say, when I started into this community, I like felt like it was just the best, <laughs> you know, like, I, and, it, and in the many ways it is, the Bigfoot community, I was really naive. I thought I was joining forces with people to try to figure out this mystery, met a a lot of nice people, I thought, and quickly, well, not quickly, because like I said, I'm kind of naive, but not so quickly. <laughs> it took me a while, learned that there are people in this for good reasons and bad, and um, in my opinion, bad. And so while some people, they are, I say this lovingly because I was a giant nerd back in high school, okay? So it doesn't it's not a bad thing to be a nerd, but it kind of reminds me like some people just want to be king of the nerds or queen of the nerds. And so they will do anything to get Bigfoot famous, how I call it. And sure. Bigfoot famous is not real, you know, to me, you know, I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm in this because I find it fascinating. I head up a group now called project zoo books where I work with a lot of scientists and it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life. I, I love it. And I've learned so much and made such good friends, but I don't really care if anybody knows who I am um, or not trying to make money. Let me, let me put a little uh, sidebar there that I don't think it's wrong to make money from a hobby. If you can do so without lying and cheating people, you know, so if, if people can, you know, um, well that, well, that stinks because because we're, we've been trying to figure out how to make money doing this, and we we're getting ready no. to resort to lying and cheating. But that's so, good. I, I don't. <laughs> so, uh, we were so I close. We so were so close okay, well, to lying get, and cheating, get, and now you, you just get a loophole. You get a loophole. No, I so, <laughs> so, so, Amy, are you still? Are you, I'm sorry. No, I was going to ask you: Are you still in the teaching profession? Teaching, yes. Yes, I am. I'm teaching from home right now. Okay. So, you know, one of the things being the judge, um, 
you know, I have a, I have a, a, a situation where I was a teenager, I had a dogman experience, and some people were saying, hey, you know, being a, being a judge or being a public official or telling the public, maybe you shouldn't be out telling people these stories. Um, do you catch the blowback as being a teacher and doing what you're doing on the side with the Bigfoot stuff? You know, when I, when I first started um, talking about it, and I talk about it to my students quite a bit, actually, it, it, they, they're interested. I, I thought about it for a minute, but if you know me, I don't really care. <laughs> if, they right. if they want to fire me for Bigfoot, then go ahead. Because what I say, if I ever do say anything to the kids, I'm like, you know, this is what I think. Look into it yourself. See what you think, you know. And, um, you know, I've had family members and friends who don't really talk to me anymore because they think I'm crazy for being interested in Bigfoot. And I just am like... First of all, I'm not hurting anybody. Secondly, it's fascinating and it's a lot of fun. And I guess I just don't care, you know. So, what, what are those fa- What are those family members doing on, in their free time that is so much better than going? I don't know, and, gardening and. Well, I was drink wondering if they were drinking and, 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 and drinking and maybe <laughs> taking math or something. Maybe that's no, no. You know, and I, I get it to an extent. I know it sounds crazy. Okay, it's Bigfoot, right? It, you know, I get it that it is not something that a lot of people believe in. But I'll tell you what, we have talked to so many scientists and college professors and all of these people who, you know, I don't think that they are necessarily the, the best um how do I want to say it? I don't, I'm not saying that to be like, ooh, you know, like, look how great that is or anything. I'm just saying that every single one of them that we've talked to has come back for more. And every single one of them that we've talked to in my project has said, we had no idea that this research was going on or there, that, that there was this much evidence out there. It's, we're not stupid, right? Unless we're not dumb. No, we're smart. We are intelligent people, and and even if you don't, ha- you don't have to be a doctorate. I'm not one, you know. I'm a teacher, yeah. but I don't teach science. I teach reading and English, so it's not like I'm an expert in any kind of animals. But we're we are smart people that are yeah. interested in. It. But I don't know. Well, it just seems it seems to me like uh, you know, like some people are just afraid to be faced with what what they don't know you know what they don't know yeah i think that's it too i think they're afraid of the unknown yeah you know the thing about it is amy you know probably 20 years ago if you were trying to do this and be a public school teacher and was talking about bigfoot and, and basically adventuring and that sort of topic you'd be frowned upon but i think with with so much so many TV shows and so much more stuff out there, you know, being a cryptid hunter is more socially acceptable than what it yeah, used I to be. So. And I think, that, I think I that, and you so. know, when I was a kid, I wouldn't, you know, I was a kid, I didn't, I mean, and Grover remembers the night that this happened or the very, the, the next night, you know, I was very reluctant to tell my best friends what exactly I saw out of fear being ridden made fun of because they would have unmercifully done that probably absolutely absolutely we would have oh you guys would just ridicule me to no end 
so, but I think today with all the different projects and stuff like that, um, it's a lot more socially acceptable. So being in a classroom and talking about it, I don't think you're going to get the scorn that you would have gotten in years past. Right. And there's, there's still, like, you know, you were saying, why would people in this fight? There's not just, like, the the whole money or not or this or not. There's also, and Alyssa knows about this, too, is there's you have people who look at Bigfoot from a scientific point of view, and you have people who look at it more from a paranormal point of view, which, in my opinion, can still be scientific, but a lot of people don't think so. And um, I feel that my saving grace, if you want to call it that, for be, it being okay as a teacher is because I'm looking at it as, in a scientific way. I don't think that's mm-hmm. fair. And I have a lot of friends who look at it very differently than I do. And what I always say is we don't know who's right, you know. And I think that the uh, best thing you can do is to be open-minded but go wherever the proof leads, no matter if that's something you're uncomfortable with, you know. But um, if I was out there saying, you know, I was a ghost hunter or something at my school, that might be still frowned upon. But I'm, but I'm looking for an animal, well, so it's okay. Well, thankfully, you don't have to show up to class with a big scarlet BF <laughs> on your chest. And, I you might. Know, I might be, do that. Am I, date, am I dating myself? Does anybody even know? No, I love that book. Is? I gotta be honest with you. I'm not really sure that Grover actually read the Scarlet Letter, but uh, hey, I had the I had the Cliff Notes. Isn't that enough? That's what I was gonna say. I I like to other than other than Mr. Cliff that you ever actually read it. I mean, let's, let's just face it: the kids, wow. that, the kids that only know Google and don't know the Cliff Notes don't know what they're missing. I'm just, <laughs> you know, that is funny. <laughs> so, so you. Have you had any other experiences then while you've been out searching on your own other than the one where you saw uh, from the road? I, I have. Not not many, you know, and so I do tease about that. It's It's been, what, eight years, and there's been a handful of things that have happened. But when they have happened, it's been very interesting. I, I talk to a lot of people who have more interesting stories than I do, but some of mine are okay. So well, let's, well let's, let's hear yours, and then we'll get to the really good ones. We don't want to ruin okay. it. We don't want to make yours seem, let, you know, we'll build up. Okay. That's what we'll do. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I do a lot. I, I have a lot of, like, long-duration recorders that I have out in certain areas in the Allegheny National Forest and in Columbiana County, Ohio. So I'm out a lot looking around, and I try, you know, if, if time in the woods would make you um, have more experiences, then I should have more, but. Unfortunately, you can go out there and you're looking for a bear and you don't see one, you know, so it makes sense to me. Anyway, um, I had in 2018 in the spring, I was on an expedition with some friends who um, put it on in southern Ohio. And I was there the last night and I was about to leave and they asked me if I would stay and take out a group of just a couple people, like in a seated group. And I'm like, okay, so I did. Anyway, cut to the the uh, important part. Myself and another gentleman who had a, a FLIR Scout um, night or not night vision um, thermal imaging camera. He was looking through it. He started jumping up and down, saying, "What is this? What is that?" And we were at the top of a of an incline, 
of um, cell towers, like a, you know, cell tower path. And um, oftentimes people call those Bigfoot highways, actually, because there's been several sightings there. So we were looking through his clear, giving it back and forth, and we saw a very large-looking something walking away from us because it was getting smaller. And it looked humanoid in shape, but a little bit pointier of a head, very wide, but we didn't have any way to know really how big it was, you know, because we could just see it and the cell phone towers to the left and then to the right like pretty far away were trees so we watched it walk all the way down the incline and go over this embankment that i knew was there that a person could get over down to this um like small stream that's down there but it would be very difficult and especially at night this was like in the middle of the night um what we did was there was another team that was across that cut um they were still in the woods, but they were going to come out on the other side of the stream, I would say about a half mile away. And we were going to see if we could see each other. And you could, when they finally came out, you could see them. They rushed back to where we were. There were only four of us at our seated team. And we did kind of a reenactment where we sent some people down, the gentleman and I who were looking, um, knew that when we had first seen this thing walking, it was right near the second tower base and there was a lot of residual heat still in that tower. So it still was looking hot on the, um, you know, through the camera. And so we sent some people down there. We finally sent down a friend of mine who we call big Kevin because he's about six foot nine, I believe. Thank God. Thank God. He's not like five, seven. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no. I wouldn't be good. <laughs> So we sent him down there, and I have never had this happen before in my life, but I my knees buckled a little bit, and I had to, like, grab the guy next to me because I'm like, oh, my gosh, he looks so small compared to what we had seen. So what we did after that, we looked for prints and all the stuff. We tried to see where it was. We couldn't find it anywhere. But um, they separated myself and him right away. We didn't speak for, I think, three weeks, two or three weeks. But we each drew pictures and wrote our story down right away. And then when we, we gave it to the investigators, they, like, cross-examined us for what we had seen. And everything matched up with Daphne. And this thing, you know, it's another, it's kind of like the first thing that I saw. I can't prove what that was. It was something along the banks of that reservoir. It was hanging onto a tree. It was large. It was all one color. It didn't have a muzzle. But I was, you know, we drove past in the car, and I, you know, I can't be sure what it was. So this is the same. It's kind of frustrating because it's through a FLIR camera. Um, you couldn't prove what it was, but just how big it was and being out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night is odd so it's intriguing to me you know it's just another thing that's very intriguing and then another time I was in southern Ohio um, with a group we had uh, had to get a like a permission um, passed to this wildlife preserve where there had been several sightings 
and it was a three-day pass. So even though when I try to think logically, okay, this could have been a person, if it was a person that gave us this pass, they would have had to know what day we were going to be there, that we were in the middle of the night, where exactly we were going to be, you know, so that kind of breaks down as not being very likely. Now, this pass wasn't signed by Joe Exotic, was it? It was not, but I wish it was. All right. I wish it was. Oh, my gosh. So we... So we... Carol, feel her husband. We um, went to to the the middle of the woods, and we stopped the cars, and I remember I was sitting on a folding chair we had brought out of the, the truck or whatever, and I was tying my boot and something there was an embankment up ahead of us and something came crashing like horizontally through the trees not down and kept coming 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 and we all kind of you know bent down and covered our necks like those old uh, tornado drills <laughs> remember those and um, oh yeah yeah okay and this big log came crashing about five feet from us and so those kinds of things, when you put them all together in just some different weird noises I've heard when I've been out in Oregon and Washington and different places, um, found some a footprint out in Oregon, heard a lot of weird calls when I was out there remote camping with um, some friends from the Olympic Project. And it, it's just crazy when you hear things that you can't figure out otherwise. You know, I became a... Ohio certified volunteer naturalist to learn more about my surroundings and animals and things that weren't Bigfoot. So then when I would hear something strange, not that I know every call there is or, you know, but I would be more knowledgeable about what isn't Bigfoot so I could kind of focus on. So you've mentioned a couple times about the Olympia project. Olympic project. Yeah. Olympic project. Okay, can you explain to like the listeners who may not know what that is, you know, what it is and what yeah. they're doing? Absolutely. To me, the Olympic Project and my Project Zoo book are like the most exciting things in Bigfoot. And I say that knowing that other people in Bigfoot will probably laugh because what they're doing is the most exciting. <laughs> you know, I think it's all the most exciting if that's just It the, is. It's all the most exciting. I agree. I mean, it is. The Olympic Project is really cool. Um, I don't know how much you know about it, but basically there was, and this is, a, I'm paraphrasing, but there was a um, logging company out on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington State. They um, were, there was a surveyor who was surveying this area. They were going to clear cut the area and log it. And he was, you know, have to go through all of this, property that nobody is allowed on and probably nobody had been on for you know decades so he's out looking at this area and he comes across these nests and when I say nests they are ground nests some of them were like eight foot in diameter Um, he didn't know what made them he couldn't figure out what they were because he had seen other types of, you know, like bear beds and wood rat nests and other things, but these were very unusual. So he went to his boss and his boss who owned the logging company, they called out different people. They had a wood rat specialist and a bear specialist 
and they had the Division of Natural Resources come out, and nobody could figure out what these were. And so he remembered, if I'm remembering the story right, he remembered that the guy who did his landscaping had a Bigfoot decal on his truck. So he called him and said, hey, we're kind of at a loss here. What this is, would you come out and look? And so, long story short, the Olympic Project um, is a group of researchers and scientists out in Washington State and some from Oregon, you know, from, from around there, and some now from Ohio, like myself and some other people, they're, um, they're adding on around the U.S., but they um, are looking into these net, this nest site, among doing other things, too, but this is, like, their priority. And they were given uh, five years to try to look into these nests. Um, they have been doing eDNA studies, regular DNA studies, hair studies, putting recorders out there, getting um, recordings, and trying to figure out what's making these. And what's really interesting and frustrating at the same time is when you really look into what they're doing and what they've found, it's a little bit frustrating why more scientists aren't interested when, if it's not Bigfoot, it's something. You know, it's unknown animal behavior. These nests have a structure to them. They're made out of huckleberry bushes or branches from this very remote area. Myself and two of the primate zoologists I have in my group, we flew out there last year, and we were supposed to be there again at the very beginning of this COVID shutdown, so we missed it this year. But um, we went out to the area, and I'll tell you what, it's hard. It's hard to get to these nests. They're on finger ledges. Um at this point, I believe they've had, they have found up to 21 of these nests, and each of them are on a tip of a finger on these ledges that stick out, and they are overlooking a salmon stream. When they first found it, there was, like, skid marks going down to the stream, and so, like, as a means of aggress. Um, in the point nest, they found these two rocks that had um, fissures, or not fissures, but, like, they had been knocked together, so they had marks that you can see they had been knocked together, which is primate behavior. Um, and it's fascinating. When the two, the primatologists I was with went down there, they came back up out of that nesting area, and they were just absolutely shocked because they were like, this looks just like what our gorillas do, just like what chimpanzees do. And they were... They're really, really into it now. So, so okay. So when you find one of these, what you you know what what you guys believe to be his nest, like once you get in there and check it out, does that kind of ruin it to where well, right. they know like they know you've been there, so they're not coming back. Right. Right. And that, I mean, and that's, unfortunately, that's <clears throat> kind of what happened. But they didn't really have a choice because they were going to clear cut it. You know, so it was either. They go in there and they look around or not. So one, well, so backing up a little bit, they've only gone into three of the nests physically so far. Like they've kept the rest of them, um, you know, without any people touching them. And what was interesting is some of the nests were older than others. So it looks like this had been going on several years, which would fit into thinking about primates. Um, you know, perhaps it's somewhere, it's such a secluded area and it's so protected 
perhaps it's somewhere where they would raise their young or something like that, and they would only need it so many years. You know, that's that's one theory that we have talked about. Um, they are a lot of the Olympic Project uh, teammates that are out there are now looking for other areas. Since this one, you know, is not going to be around forever, and since there doesn't seem to be activity right there anymore. Well, but yeah, it was a shame they had to go in. Yeah, I was uh, wanting to know, uh, you said that they went into three of the nests so far and started taking samples and just looking around. Um, has anything right. come back with the DNA samples yet? There has been, up until now, a lot of what they found has been very degraded. They had one set that was sent out. I know um, Laura Krantz did a um, podcast called Wild Thing about Bigfoot, the Bigfoot community. And in that first batch that went out, they were talking about, like, they found some horse DNA, which must have come off a person, you know, that was there right. and some other animals. But there was some hair that was unknown that came back um, and some things that were coming back as human. But we always talk about, you know, with how much DNA we share, like even with the chimpanzee, is some of the stuff that's coming up back as likely human really human or could it be another primate you know they're, they're yeah. saying it's limited, but maybe not but now they're um looking for newer nests and so hopefully that will will come up with something i, I would think Absolutely. i would i would think that the really like the big the bet the big challenge would be to figure out where like be a, a step ahead find yes. a similar set of circumstances and set up some cameras and stuff and maybe you might catch you know, but but saying yeah. that you're going to be step of a, a step ahead of a creature that has lived there for hundreds, if not thousands, of years, right, is right, is probably is probably not going to happen. So yeah, it's, it's really fascinating, and they are trying to stay a step ahead, and and a lot of cool things are happening that I'm not a you know permitted to say. I don't know if permitted is the right word, but well, nobody I, listens. Nobody listens to us. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't tell. <laughs> but you know, like there are there are really cool things happening for them, and I'm just excited. Even though I'm across the country, I'm excited to be a part of it. They they just those guys have my respect. Derek Randall, Shane Corson, and the rest. They um they're the real deal. They are search and rescue guys, outdoorsmen. You know, I started taking before I was even asked to join them. I started taking bushcraft classes because. I am just a dork teacher from Ohio. You know, I've always liked to camp in a cabin my whole life, but I was never really. That doesn't make that doesn't make you a dork. That just makes you very smart. Okay. Well, I'm just saying I didn't know what I was doing. Like the first time I decided I was going to go research Bigfoot, you know, and the first time I went camping by myself, I went to a campground. So there were people around me, and I was still scared. I put up my tent, finally got up, and I, I put a tiny little padlock on the zipper. So, <laughs> okay, I take that. I take that all back. You're a door. I said uh, I was a door, and I and I could barely like I could barely light a Duraflame log, you know. But now that I'm going like into the Olympic National Forest, I was down in South Carolina with a group of ladies. I was. 
you know, I go out a lot. I, I figured, okay, I need to like know how to build a fire, how to purify water, all this stuff. So I'm taking those classes too. And it's really fun. So, oh boy. So you're way, so when you're way out there, like in, in Washington, right? That's where you guys yeah. are going. For yeah. the, and, and you guys come upon a nest and you, so you know that there's activity at some point. You don't even know if maybe they just left the nest. I mean, right. do you like ever just like stand up and say, think to yourself, okay, where are they at? Like, cause you, oh, they yeah. gotta be watching. And they I, have to be watching you guys. Yes, you're and I, and I wonder why I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like the, here? like the one you saw at night on, in the, uh, you know, in the tree, in the cut there. I mean, yeah. you know, there's, there's at least one or two more somewhere else. Right. You know? Right. No, it's Does frightening. That... You know, it really is. It's intimidating. And I, all I can say is, like, when I did go to South Carolina, I was asked to head up a group of ladies because there was they, there was somebody who wanted to see if um, lightning would strike twice because there were some women campers in the certain site that say they saw a Bigfoot. And they weren't into Bigfoot. They just they were these ladies that said they saw one. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to send some women down there. So it was three of us four of us um and we were there and you know i'm you know we're making our fire we're cutting wood with this like chainsaw blade we're purifying water we're we have bear bags up in the trees you know real primitive camping and it's fun it's like my favorite thing to do so bigfoot or no bigfoot i love it but i get scared so i'm in my little backpack tent you know we hiked in several miles i'm i'm sleeping there trying to sleep and i'm I'm lying there, and and what I had done was one of the flattest spaces I could find to put my tent was right at the bottom, like, of a game trail, and there was another one coming up to the side, and so all night I kept thinking. I present to you Amy Poo, the world's most scared <laughs> Bigfoot. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. It's okay. Oh, okay, for goodness sake. And then I'm fine. If anything happens, I get really excited, and then I'm like, let's go find it, you know, uh-huh. and I'm, like, the first one to run after it. But but when I'm just, like, it's real quiet at night and I'm by myself, I'm like, oh, Lord, what am I doing? <laughs> you sound like me. You know, you know TJ, right, Amy? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he's, well I, he lives out here, Bigfoot, on his property. And mm-hmm. I was down at back by myself. I don't know why. And... I was scared anyways, and then I heard something walking in the woods, like, okay, I'm going back in. And then, like, you know what? I want to go see what it was. Yeah. Yeah. You, you After a while. Like... <laughs> yeah. I just wish you guys I could, went. I wish you guys could see me shaking my head right now. <laughs> Maybe you can hear I, it. I don't I screamed like a little girl because a possum ran down a tree at me one time, but hey. You know, um, at Creature Weekend, Amy? When we were sitting at the uh-huh. campfire, I was yeah. talking to Adam, and a deer ran up behind me, and I jumped, and he thought it was funny. <laughs> it I'm like, funny. okay, that was not very funny. You know, we're losing all our street credibility right now. Listen. <laughs> no, here's, here's where the street cred comes in. Here's okay. where the street cred comes in. Because we both do it anyway. Like, ah, we're out okay. there, and, like, I go camping by myself a lot. Like, I'll be out there in my tent or having my campfire that I made in the middle of the forest and I can be scared, but I'm still there. And I think mm-hmm. 
that's even that's even street credier than ah. not being afraid. <laughs> Listen, I'm just projecting because I have no street cred. I wouldn't even go in the backyard to take <laughs> to, to do anything. So, it's so, fun. It's so much fun. So so what what is the project zoo book then? Project Zoo Book, we do, we have, you know, some crossover with the Olympic Project just because there's some of us that are in one that are in the other as well, but we are two separate things. Um, I, I, by chance, met a young lady through Facebook, um, didn't know who she was, didn't know what she did. Oh, so you're one of those, so you're one of those that I hear about. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I private messaged her and I said, she had been wanting to go on this one expedition and she was asking questions on this particular page and nobody seemed to be answering her. So I private messaged her and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm not putting this expedition on, but I'm helping. So maybe I could answer your questions if nobody has. And we struck up a friendship and she ended up, she was telling me about how she and all of her coworkers were really interested in Bigfoot and they wanted to look for Bigfoot and they wanted to learn more. And she said they had a Bigfoot lunch club where they would read books together or they would listen to podcasts together and they were really interested. So I thought that was cool. You know, my, my uh, coworkers, they put up with me, but they think I'm crazy, but that's okay. And so she didn't tell me until like another week went by that she is a primate zoologist. And so when she told me that, like it, it just, occurred to me like okay so you're a primate zoologist so all of your co-workers are too and yes so it was this whole group from a particular zoo that was interested in bigfoot and they're the, the keepers that work with gorillas and chimps and macaques and lemurs and stuff so we started like a friendship and we said, well, we should have a little group, and it kind of grew from there. And so we were just kind of kidding. We were going to make it a logo, and we're going to call ourselves Project Zoo Book because, you know, Project Blue Book, you know, is with kind of secret with the aliens. And we're kind of on the down low because even though they are very interested and Bigfoot seriously interested, doesn't mean their zoo board is, and they don't want to lose their jobs, you know. So we're just kind of under the radar a bit. But, um, we started talking about it a little bit and getting more scientists interested. We've had several um, guests on conference calls with us from Dr. Meldrum to Laura Krantz to Dr. Mayor to um, just a whole bunch of people, you know, um, professors from different um, universities and people that are really interested in the topic. So, Well, well, I wonder, is this, Bigfoot Luncheon Book Club group, number one, <laughs> have they started reading the exciting new book series, From the Shadows, Volume 1 and 2? No, and but I'm going to tell them to. <laughs> and and it, do they listen to From the Shadows podcast? I mean, come on. Do they, do I'm they... going to tell them to because uh. what they do is they, they listen and so do the gorillas and chimps. They listen to the podcast, too, because they put it well, on the speaker. Well, if I'd have known that, we'd have had Jerry. Because Jerry could have probably really, really, really connected. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so, so it's fun, and they're really great people, and and it's just a it's a joy. 
you know, because like I said, you know, maybe we're on totally on the wrong track. Maybe that's not what Bigfoot is, but we're trying to figure out, could it be, you know, and I'm learning a lot about other primates. Well, I, I mean, we've done this for, it seems like forever now, the podcast and talk to people. I mean, it is apparent that there is something out there. Okay. Not everybody is just imagining things. Okay, they're not. Right. Uh, I mean, and I know, and we'll get to, and we'll get to this. You, you get. I mean, obviously, with everything that you're involved in, you get some really great stories, um, mm-hmm. especially from Ohio, and you know, of course, that's where we think a lot of our listeners are from. All three, three of the five probably are. Right. Um, so, so I mean, do you have some really? I mean, so we've heard your Bigfoot stories and. And they weren't that bad. I mean, they were okay. Um, <laughs> but, but what you know, give it, give us, give us a taste of, of what you're hearing. Uh, people are experiencing out here in Ohio. All right. Well, you know, I do, I do a lot in Columbiana County. Um, there's a big history of Bigfoot sightings. No, where's no, where's Columbiana? Where's Columbiana County? So everybody it's on the can... border border of PA, Northeast Ohio, um, okay. south of Mahoning County. You go over the border into Pennsylvania Lakes to Beaver County, I think is right there. Okay. Um, so it's about, let's see, I live in Youngstown. It's about 40 minutes. I, think, I don't know if it's directly south from here, I guess, though, from, <laughs> from Youngstown. And we're... We're halfway between Cleveland and Pittsburgh, so okay, okay. I know the area. Kind of around there. Yeah, so um, I do a lot down there. Uh, that's down Columbia County is where the Ohio Howl was recorded by Matt Moneymaker. And um, and the bad thing is, is he didn't ask the judge. Well, he, he didn't ask the judge to go out with him that weekend when he got there. Ah, dang it! <laughs> dang it! No, he is not the reason I left. But um, anyway, so you got me all riled up at the beginning of this. But anyway. Sorry, the judge um, told me to bring up Matt Moneymaker. It's all his fault. <laughs> it's my fault. You're the one who wanted to pry into the, the dirty laundry. Uh, oh, no, come on. Do I see, oh, my God. Would I do that? I mean, come on. Uh, You're the one that had lunch with him every day for three years, and he never mentioned that he was going big, big footing. I didn't have lunch with him every day for three years. Two years? What I will say is what, what he could do a better job of is vetting the people that he has in his organization. That's all I'm going to say. Ooh, but, okay. So, <laughs> so, anyway. Honestly, um, we didn't do a very good job of vetting the people on the podcast here. So, <laughs> I, I like can't that. throw I, like, <laughs> I think you're great. You got a good jump. I can't talk. So anyway, what, I'll tell you one of my favorites. This one was actually kind of, I think it was technically still Mahoning County, but very close to Columbiana County. And this guy, man, he, oh, I wish you could hear him tell the story, but he is awesome. And he has spoken at one of my, um, I do a lot of things for like state parks and libraries and stuff for kids you know bigfoot stuff and he did one for me at uh, beaver creek state park we were raising money for the park and he's an excellent speaker too but anyway he he puts a 
reporting and myself and my research partner, Tina Sam, she's my best friend, but also does a lot of research with me. We went to meet him because I try not to meet people by myself in case they're serial killers. So far, so good. So Don't we come to Crawford to... County. I'm just telling you. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll stay away. <laughs> so we went to meet him and what his story was, he is a wildlife exterminator. So he'll, you know, you have a pesky porcupine somewhere, he'll come trap it for you. Or, you know, he used to um, run a game, or not game, run a um, wildlife preserve in Florida where he'd have to deal with alligators and birds and all that kind of stuff. So now he's in Ohio and he was culling coyotes on this property where they had become a, a problem. And he said when he took his uh, gun and stuff out of his trunk of his car, he looked over to the wooded area and there was kind of a clearing through the trees that he could see. And he could see a bunch of turkeys there and he saw something white near the turkeys, but closer to the edge of the woods, but it was quite a distance. So he thought maybe it was like a albino turkey or something, you know, he couldn't tell. But he didn't an, albino an albino turkey? Okay. I think you can have them, yeah. I've so, never seen one. You know, we have tons of turkeys. That would be crazy. That would be know, interesting I, to I see, an albino it, turkey. I think, he, I, think that would be, see, I think you'd see a Bigfoot before you'd see albino turkey. I'm just saying. You might, you might. Well, I'd rather see <laughs> a Bigfoot, though. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I know, turkeys, turkeys are kind of fun, but they can be a little bit mean. I don't know. Only, only the third Thursday of November. Okay, we'll stay away from them. So, <laughs> so he started going into the woods looking for these coyotes, and he's like looking around, and he looks up ahead of him, and about, we went and recreated this. It was about 50 feet ahead of him on this kind of sort of path was this white thing, and he couldn't figure out what it was, but it was standing there, and what he said, and this guy has nothing to do with Bigfoot, doesn't watch any shows. He was, you know, it was kind of like me at the beginning of all this. I had, I knew what Bigfoot was supposed to look like from in search of and stuff, but it wasn't, wasn't my thing. So he said the first thing he thought of was that maybe um, something had escaped like from a exotic animal farm or something like that, you know, like, cause it didn't seem like it, fit in and he was going through his head like could it have been a really big snowy owl or could it have been a porcupine which sometimes their quills look white and he just couldn't place what it was and he he drew us a little picture and it kind of looked like what he said was was like cousin it it was very hairy and just this like kind of nondescript shape well he started walking a little bit toward it and it took a step back and he said that's when he thought it had legs and then it kind of moved its arms and it was swaying and he could see where its face was, but he couldn't see any good definition of it. Cause I mean, 50 feet isn't, isn't forever away, but it was enough for this thing. He said, um, you know, when 50 he went feet is way too close. In my book, 50 feet is way too close. Just so no, it is close, but this thing was <laughs> only about four foot tall. It oh, wasn't so it's really right. Foot. It wasn't really huge. And so he would kind of go toward a little bit and it would go backwards. And then he said it went off into the trees and he 
was curious about it. Like it wasn't registering Bigfoot, especially because it was short, you know. And so it came back further away and then he went a little further and it, it would disappear and come back. And then he felt like it was almost playing cat and mouse with him. And he's like, why am I going toward this thing? Because maybe there's something big. And he, he said he, he would, was, had never thought about shooting it, but he started raising his gun a little bit to see what it would do, and it didn't do anything. And he was like, if it was a kid in a costume or something, you'd think they'd be like, just kidding, you know, don't shoot. You know, and it, it didn't do anything, so it didn't seem to know what a gun was. And so he, he said it just intimidated him. Just He didn't know what it was. He couldn't make sense of what it was. And he left and then later thought about it some more and said it did look primate-like. Like, he, like I said, he thought maybe something had escaped. So um, what's really interesting about that, and he has a lot more details and tells the story better than I do, but I had another guy who contacted me um, quite a long, you know, several months after that and he told me that he was from a different part of ohio but he was in columbia county hunting on some property when he found these footprints and he showed me the photos and he had um measured them and they were small they were right they were within a half a mile the same time period as that sighting and so it's like you have two different people that have this evidence. One is a witness report. One are these photos of something that looked like typical big footprints, but they were small on the small side being in that area. Didn't know each other, didn't know of each other or each other's report. So that was kind of cool. So, so you being the, um, the expert, no. Do you, you know, well, listen, we're labeling you that for purposes of our show. Now, come on, go with it. Um, <laughs> you being, <laughs> so, I mean, what, so what is that? Like a ju- like, a, is that what they believe to be like a juvenile? Yeah, I do think so. Yeah. And there are, it, there are a lot of sighting reports in Ohio and Pennsylvania, like Eastern, Northeastern Ohio, Northwestern PA of white ones. And so it's like, Maybe it's just That's some what, genetic that, thing. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know. Maybe like as they were smaller, they were their their uh, hair or whatever was lighter, and then as they got I older, I don't know. Like, but some of the sightings, like Dave um, Dave Groves is a friend of mine, and he has an awesome sighting from Pennsylvania that it was a big one and it was white. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, they come in all you get. I've, I've had so many um, reports this year and last year. I started going to um, hunting shows, like outdoor shows, because I thought, you know, there's all these Bigfoot conferences and stuff, but I would really like to talk to the people that are out in the woods more. And so Dave, actually, who I was just talking about, he got me the opportunity to go to the Monroeville outdoor show. It's this huge Allegheny outdoor show they have every year at a convention center and I was not sure how I would be welcomed or not, <laughs> you know, so there's all these other, you know, fishing booths and this booth and that booth and here's me with Bigfoot and I was crawling around taping the carpet down the night before the show started and I looked up and there were all these people standing there and I had several reports from people 
um, that had other booths before it even started. And this year, between the Monroeville show and the Girard Outdoor show, before the um, virus hit, uh, myself and Tina, we got, I believe, 87 reports from Holy, holy smokes. Yes, I know. From all over Pennsylvania and Ohio. And they were things, they weren't all new. Like some were, there was one gentleman who he came over and he was shaking, like, you know, like, I'm sure people lie to us, and sometimes it's mistaken identity, but you get people who have these reports who you can tell they are sincerely scared of something. You know, something really shook them up. And he told us about something that happened when he was a boy that um, that scared him. And then there was another guy who saw one on his property, and he said, you know, he comes to these outdoor shows. He was almost crying. He was like... I feel like it took my love away because I, I was the first one out hunting every year. The opening of deer season was my Christmas. And he said he can't go in the woods anymore because it really intimidated him. And, and you know, I hear that time and time again, you know, cause I mean, I listen to other shows. I listen to Wes on Sasquatch yeah. Chronicles and man, you just, you really hear that a lot from guys that, yeah. that and, and, and women that, Love to be love to be outdoors. Loved hunting. I mean, the judge and I were talking just before we got on about the uh, the Wooly guy. Uh, Mike is it Mike Wooly who told us yeah. yeah, and how he just that's it. I didn't want to go back in the woods. You know. Yeah. Sometimes I'm glad I haven't seen one up close or anything because maybe I wouldn't be able to pretend there wasn't any such thing in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because oh I've I've had my experiences, but I still, although I know they're bare because I've seen a lot of those, so I don't know. <laughs> Talk to myself. Well, the problem it. is, so the problem is, like with with my sighting when I was a kid, the problem is it it, it gets ingrained in your head, and then you start thinking every time it's dark, what could be kneeled down hiding behind the car? What could be behind yeah? So and, and you just kind of like. You're jumpy, you're edgy, you know, as long as you've never seen one, you know, there's still that kind of, somebody once said, I don't believe in God, but I'm afraid of him. And yeah, it's kind of like one of those things where if you never actually see one, there's still that element in your mind, well, this could, there might not be real. This could be a big snipe hunt. But once you see one, and once you know, yeah, once you know for sure because you've seen one, the whole game changes. Yeah, you never, I never I really do feel that. like I know. I feel like I know, but I still have that little bit of doubt. But when I saw that thing walking down that power line cut, like I have no other way to to explain it. But so, but I can still convince myself otherwise. But then now, like when I'm out in Washington and we saw a bear with her cub and we saw, um, we, you know, there's lots of mountain lions out there. So it's not just Bigfoot that's scary. It's a lot of other things. And probably, and probably once you see the bear, you know, okay. So, yeah, I've seen several of them. Several yeah, of them. So, you know the, so you know then what you saw at the power line cut is not a bear. Yeah. <laughs> You know, right. It, it right. wasn't. It was walking like it was upright walking for sure. Now, so we're we're here in North Central Ohio. What is there any like that come to mind? Any like good uh, Bigfoot stories 
that you've been told from in our area? What, Anything what that towns might, are near this? Um, so we're so we're just west of Mansfield, okay. north of Marion, west they, of Mansfield. There are I mean, well, there's there are. stuff in the Mohican area, which is pretty close. Oh yeah, Mohican. I've been down there. I mean, Bobo, he said he saw one after taping of Finding Bigfoot. Like, it was after they were done taping. He says he saw one right on a path there in Mohican. So that really? was his actual sighting was right there. Yeah. And then um, Mohican area, is, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie um, The Back 80, but yep. friends of mine produced that eight, that movie. It was, you know, one of the first small town monsters. But um, Loudonville, it uh, took place in Loudonville. Yeah. yeah. So there's that story there. Um, you know, I've I've just heard all kinds of snippets of stories down that way, but I can't think of one that really sticks out in my brain right now. I'm kind of well, focused on my area. Well, well, you know what? Then we'll throw it out to our listeners. And if you guys have any good ones, Amy Boo's the person to get a hold of. So then the next podcast she gets on, she's got a good story yes, to tell. Yeah, It'll be about my <laughs> my email is bigfoot bigfoot amy. It's easy to remember bigfoot amy at gmail dot com. Now that now you don't use that on any dating sites, do you? Because that means what you I don't, know. I don't you don't what? use that on any dating sites, do you? Bigfoot amy. Oh gosh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm um, sure that would bring all the boys to the yard, though, you know. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Uh, see, uh, Elisa, that, she she was worried there for a second she was going to have to change her hand on her dating <laughs> um, so going, so, so you get all these, so you get a bunch of Bigfoot reports. The mm-hmm. judge, you know, his story is when we were young, he had a, what he figured out was a dogman experience. How many oh. dogman reports have you got? Do you have? I mean, have you gotten get, any of those? I get them every once in a while, but I am telling you, I will. This is how I put it: I can't tell you if the dogman is real or not, but I don't want to know about it. Like that scares me. There's, you, there's me and you one, both, Amy. <laughs> there's only yeah. two things that scare me more than the dogman, and I just like I kind of shy away from it because I pretend they're not real. Because if the dog man is real and they very well could be, then I don't think I could go in the woods. Hey, listen, so I, I got I got I got news for you. Just because you pretend they're not real doesn't mean I know, not but it, it works for me. It works for me. <laughs> so you sound like me, Amy. <laughs> so, so you have so you have gotten a couple of uh, dog man stories, huh? Yes, I have, and I I swiftly turn them over to other people. I'm just being real here because you know why it is is you can in my head I can explain Bigfoot I can't explain the dog man so when you guys were talking about people don't like you know are afraid of things they're not they don't understand that's kind of me and dog man well I don't think I don't think there's any I mean and this is very ridiculous to even say but in my mind i don't think there's any doubt that whatever the dog man is it's not totally it has a foot in our world and a foot in another world yeah. whatever yeah. that world whatever that world is 
I don't know that right. it's, you know, the kind of world that we want to Well, it's really... funny because you were talking about Paranormal Road, and when David and Randy asked me if I would do that Boo report, and they said it would have to be on other things besides Bigfoot, and I'm like, all I'll say is I hope it's not real. <laughs> so I did one on the dog man and moth man and all that, but I try to figure out why they're not real. But I, but then you're left with these people swearing that's what they saw. So, you know, hey, I'm t- them, but I don't want to see one. I don't want. No, don't. No, don't tell David. Okay, but I think okay. the next time you go to do a boo report and totally fabricate a story about somebody <laughs> seeing something, but make it an Amish. Make it an Amish werewolf, because I know he's terrified of both of those. And oh my God! Okay, I'll that's remember. the hook. That's the hook at the end. He's liable to just like, oh, like you know. Pass <laughs> just say Dave. Just say Dave. <laughs> it was an Amish. Well, you know the. werewolf. You know the thing about. Yeah, the thing about about Dog Man and you know having seen what I did, I was about 15, 16 years old when I saw it, and, it, and I'm not going to tell the whole story, obviously, but it was stalking me. Um, oh, my. oh it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime story, but the thing about it is, you know, when I was a kid, when I was 16 years old, there was no frame of reference for what I saw. There was no internet. There was none of that stuff, And but, you know, now there's there's lots of dogman sightings in the, in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and yeah. this area. I mean, there's lots of them. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. You know, I I don't know whether they're a they're just a a biological creature in some sort of you know genus that that we haven't figured out, or you know, same with Bigfoot. You know. Right. No, I believe you that you saw one. I just don't want to see one. I don't know what it is. Well, yeah, he didn't want to see it either. I don't see it either. To be honest with you. Yep. Yep. So, so speaking of the paranormal road, I was, I was encouraged to ask you the story about like Bigfoot poop or something. Is there something to that? Oh my god. (laughs) No. Not Bigfoot poop. Okay, something. I don't know. So bad. No. They probably wanted me to give one of my poop stories. I have a lot of poop stories. Now, this does not involve you, right? Or is it because we don't want well, <laughs> well, no, like, oh, David and Randy. No, like, I'm kind of <laughs> famous. Like, I'm famous not as a Bigfoot researcher. I'm famous among my students as having poop stories. But one of them did have to do kind of with Bigfoot. But well, let's, he, let's go. Let's, let's hear it. That's what do, what do you well, got? here's the thing. You know, here's the thing. I told, you know, how I said, you know, I didn't know how to make a fire. I didn't know how to put up a tent or anything. And I didn't know how to go to the bathroom in the woods. You know, I didn't know, like, how do you do that? Like, I know it seems simple. You've never, you've never heard the saying about a bear in the woods? Well, now I do. (laughs) Yes, I have. But I never, I never took it to heart. So now... I'm kind of like a pro. So now, like, when I go remote camping, my first thing I do is I look for the perfect log, and I try to find, you know, far from the camp, and try to find one where there are bushes near it so you can kind of pull yourself up, and I pre-dig my holes. So, oh, like, 
say I'm going to be this... there for four days. No, <laughs> is like... this where, is this how you and Elisa bonded? Like this? No. You guys bonded over. Oh my god! Bonded over a hole. (laughs) No, but like, if I'm gonna be there four days, I usually will dig like seven holes in case I eat something bad or something, you know. So just so you can go in the middle of the night and you you can find the hole easily, and then you it doesn't take so much effort. So I have my little shovel. I, I gotta be honest. This is more terrifying than any dog man story. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> no, so that's probably what they were talking about. Or I think I did tell them about the porta potty from God. They might have meant that one. The porta potty from God. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean what we I call we, it. Okay. All right. Let's like, like. So I was down with my friend David Wickham. He is a Bigfoot researcher in southern Ohio, and he's amazing. Another one of the people I go out with a lot. And we were getting ready for an expedition that he was doing. And so we were um, putting the time in to walk the different areas we were going to take people to and, you know, make sure there wasn't anything dangerous, make sure where we would want to go. So we're out in the middle of the woods, and he had taken me. Are you sure you want to hear the story? You're already into you're already into it. I mean, I'm sure people I'm sure people are on the edge of their uh, holes okay. that they've dug in the woods. Okay. <laughs> so my my he took me to dinner with his wife. We went to dinner before we went back out, and we went to a Mexican restaurant, which wasn't oh. a good idea. So by this time, I know I am a pro at pooping in the woods and stuff, but I don't really want to if I don't have to. And then when it's just like my friend David there, I'm like, oh, my God. And I didn't have any kind of um, toilet paper or anything in my pocket. And I hadn't taken my edible and medicinal plants class to know which plants to use for toilet paper yet. So this kind of prepared you for the toilet paper shortage. That we experienced yes. at the beginning. Oh, okay. yes. I see how this is I, all tied. I know exactly what to use. Yes. Okay. So we're there, and I'm like, David, we got to go. David, we got to go. And he's like, what? And I'm like, we were, it's like, I didn't ruin anything because we were almost leaving anyway. I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. He's like, oh, my God. So we get in his truck, and we're tearing out of there, but you can't tear too fast because it's just like, blow, 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 blow up these roads, these muddy, dirty, holy roads. We're going through, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere. So I'm like trying not to cry. I'm like, I'm going to poop in David's truck. I'm going to poop in David's truck. So finally he makes a left into this road and it opens up into this like little clearing. And right in the middle of the clearing with a sunbeam on it was a porta potty. And I'm not even kidding. Uh, Uh, And I call it the the porta potty from God or like the porta potty of glory because the sun was shining only on it. And he runs out of the truck to make sure there's like toilet paper and stuff. I run in there and he's my friend. So he went far away. So he couldn't hear anything and it saved me. And his truck. No, I got a similar story with, uh, I got a similar story with Jerry. Jerry and I were out in the woods and, uh, he had to go really bad. And, you know, we weren't planning on being out there that long. He goes, I got to go. I said, got to go. He, and he says, but I don't have any toilet paper. I said, well, Jerry, just, just use a dollar. So Jerry goes off behind a tree. He's back there for a long time. I was like, what the hell is he doing? So finally he comes back. 
He has feces all over his hands, his fingers. <laughs> I said, Jerry, what the hell are you doing? I said, I said, I told you to, to use a dollar. And he says, I did, but you try wiping your ass with three quarters, two dimes, and a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, That's suddenly fire. suddenly, this has just gone right right down the crapper, okay? <laughs> uh, and you know what, Amy? Well, see, now I'm prepared. I have, I have these little things I got from the guy who teaches my bushcraft classes. They come in a tube, and they look like a quarter, but a little thicker. And all you have to do is you either rub them on some dew or you put them in your mouth for a little bit to get them a little bit wet, and they unfold into a washcloth thing, biodegradable. So I always bring those with me now. Well, Amy, this has given me a whole new idea. Um, <laughs> since since the paranormal road takes off for the summer and you don't you're not able to do the Amy Boo report with them this yes. summer. I think we should start something on here called the Amy Poo Report. The Amy and Poo Report. The Amy oh, Poo I have report. stories. I have yeah. so many stories. But they're hey, not listen. all to do with Bigfoot, though. Hey, listen. This almost rivals the story the Ozark Howler told uh, two weeks ago on, on his... I, I urge you to go back and listen to that. I'm going to. I will listen to it. Oh man! Um, so, uh, so do you want to you want to tell everybody before we? You know, I mean, I don't even know how we can top that. After <laughs> um, I don't even know if we should. But uh, I mean, do you want to kind of tell everybody where they can they can find you and some of the other cool things you're doing, or their other podcasts they can you know listen to you? Do you got a YouTube channel? You know, what do you got? Sure. Well, like you said, the Boo Report on Paranormal Road. But yeah, we just did our last one of this this uh time or whatever. Not for the year, I guess, but I don't know. What do you call it? The last one of the the season. The season. That's it. Although, 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 I think there's something in the works where at some point this summer we're all going to get together at the campground and yes, 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 and and you guys are going. Fun. Yes. yes, we're gonna do that. Yes. Um, like and I if said, you, you if you walk out there, if you walk out there with a shovel first, <laughs> I'm not going out in the woods. I'm just letting you know. Okay. Okay. Like, hey, but but car. I'm telling you, Jerry will loan you a dollar if you need it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a funny. I have kind of a funny story about that, but we'll save it for another time. Okay. But <laughs> if anybody wants to get a hold of me, it's Bigfoot Amy. So A M Y at Gmail dot com. I'm on Facebook, Amy Boo. Um, I'm not on there right now because people were annoying me. I think I'm getting grumpy in my old age. So, but I'll go back on. <laughs> and um, just with all the all the politics and all the COVID nineteen stuff was annoying me, so I kind of logged out for a little bit. But I'll be back on. Um, you could message me on there. And there was a really good. Um, Dean Corson, who's part of the Olympic Project, has his Monster X podcast, podcast, and there was a really good two-part one on uh, Project Zoo Book, with one with the researchers and one with the scientists on there, if people wanted to learn some more about that. I'm coming out with a book. I'm not sure when. I'm still writing it about um, Tom Page, who was a financial backer of Roger Patterson's back in the day. 
It was a friend of mine, and it's going to be really fun. Oh, all right. Stuff. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, Project Zoo Book itself is kind of under the radar a bit. We, we have our own Facebook page and a website, but it's not public right now just for the safety of our scientists. And um, But there is an Olympic project uh, website. I'm not sure if it's still under construction. They were updating it, but it might still be out there. Okay. Well, I, I had a whole bunch of stuff I was going to be doing, but they've all been canceled. Oh boy. <laughs> the yeah, it's we all understand. Yeah, we all understand that. Except I'm still, yeah. I'm still going to work. You know. You know yeah, me too. In my it, living room. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I understand. It's, uh, it's different times for sure. You know. Yeah. And I kind of. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll all be back to normal, and we will get a chance to go out to the campground and um, have another. Yeah have some good stories to tell so but amy it yeah, has been like, awesome I'll bring the bourbon <laughs> you and the judge you and the judge yes, <laughs> yes. there you go <laughs> oh, but it's been hey it's been awesome having you as a guest on here i know i, I just have a funny feeling that you're going to be back whether you want to or not We're I hope to <laughs> you're going to be back and do me a and do me a favor if you do get a good story that's reasonably close to where we're at. Get a hold of me. We want to have you back on to tell it because because if there's anything we I want will. to do, we we want to really terrify people in North Central Ohio. Yes, and I'm sure there are. And as soon as we hang up, I'll be like, oh my god, I can't remember, can't believe I forgot that. But I just I'm not good at thinking on the spot. That's okay. Well, that's why your segment will be called the Amy Pooh Report. That's right. There you go. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Amy, for coming thank on. You, yep. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, a final word. Please visit us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash from the shadows podcast, and on our Instagram page at instagram.com forward slash from the shadows podcast you can visit our webpage at from the shadows podcast dot godaddy sites dot com or contribute to our facebook discussion page called after the shadows and tweet us on our twitter feed at twitter.com forward slash podcast underscore from thank you for joining us and we look forward to hearing from you all until next time never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows we are out <laughs>
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.